This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 120 of the show. It's another episode brought to you in part by are not just sorta, but are super awesome listener supporters. These listener supporters are people who have said, hey, I like all the awesome you've brought to my life and to the world, and I support more awesome. So they and their $5 really do help keep this show going. And if you would like to consider joining these listener supporters, you can do that by going to sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. All of you awesomes who support Sorta Awesome have access to special episodes that just aren't out there for the general public to hear, as well as our exclusive Facebook group that we have created just for our super awesome supporters. So again, if you'd like more information about that, you can find all of that over at SortaAwesomeShow.com slash support. Okay, so yes, here we are at episode 120 of Sorta Awesome, and listen, I'm just going to be super selfish with today's show because this topic is something that I desperately need to know more about. In fact, I would venture a guess that I need this information that we're going to be sharing on today's show more than any of you awesomes who are listening. Today, I'm joined by my dear friend, our regular sort of awesome co-host and the host of the Smartest Person in the Room podcast, Laura Tremaine. And one thing that Laura Tremaine does oh so well is show me how to fix some problems in my life. And y'all, I am one big mess when it comes to organizing and storing and keeping up with my digital photos. Laura, I hope you are in full-blown problem-solving, tell-me-what-to-do mode today, because that's what I need. Well, that's my default mode of all time. (laughs) But also, I just want to remind you that I pitched this topic to you like a year ago, and you were like, no, thank you. Nope. Nope. I know. I know. I think I was just in so much denial and felt like, oh my gosh, if I have this information, I will like have to actually take action on it. But now a year later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally need to take action on this. (laughs) I've just become more and more of a mess basically over time. So we are going to get to all of that digital photo organization goodness here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week, the moment in the show when we share with you all about the books, TV shows, podcasts, music, 
whatever it is that's making our lives just a little bit more awesome this week. Laura, I can't wait to hear what you have for us. I have two beauty products today because besides books, my favorite thing to talk about in the world and photo (laughs) organization (laughs) is beauty products. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear. Okay, so these are two things for your skin, and they're not exactly like the most glamorous items I've ever talked about, but I'm telling Mm. you what, they really, really work. So I wanted to share them with the awesomes. The first one is an Aveeno product. I do Mm. love the brand Aveeno. They're positively radiant facial moisturizer is like one of my favorites. This is also in the Positively Radiant line. It's called the 60 Second In Shower Facial. Fun. Yeah. This is sort of a newish product for them. I started using it this summer when I was at the lake and my skin gets disastrous when I'm in the sun all the time. And it's $7 at most places, Target, drugstore, whatever. You put it on your face, rub it on your face when you're in the shower Mm-hmm. Hence the name. Hence that name. <laughs> and it has exfoliating, like sort of like a grit to it. I forgot what that's called. But you know what I mean? You rub it on your face. You leave it on there for a minute while you do something else. Soap up, shave, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then wash it off. And I will say it really works well, but gently. It's not like a harsh, like exfoliating, scrub your face off, which that's really bad. You guys don't use those things that are like that. It's mm-hmm. really, really nice. The other one possibly even more important, (laughs) Mm -hmm. is Benefit Cosmetics Poor-fessional. So instead of professional, it's called Poor-fessional. I actually have this and it is amazing. My sister introduced it to me months ago and I was like, this is a life changer. It really is. Now it's technically a primer and I've used primers for years. I've used all kinds of different popular primers. Smashbox is a really well-known one that I've used. There's lots of primers that I like. If you're new to primers, I will tell you, you put them on after moisturizer, but before makeup. Sometimes a good primer, you don't even need makeup afterwards because it really does like sort of smooth everything out. They're really nice. If you are going to put makeup on after primer, then make sure you don't use too much of it. For a long time, I was using like too much primer and then it would like do the opposite of what it was supposed to do. It would like make my makeup run off. I was going to say, it just like slides off your face if you overdo it on the primer, for sure. So you really only need a little bit of primer, no matter what brand you're using. But this one really is supposed to focus on minimizing your pores. I'll tell you what, it does exactly that. It really does do that. It is truly a miracle worker. If you have any kind of pore issues, I will testify. I have huge pores around my lower cheek area. Mm -hmm. I have, as I've aged, gotten really large pores there. And it's funny because I'm as happy with my skin right now as I have been in my adult life almost. I mean, you know, I'm aging and all that kind of thing. But like, you know, I've lost some of my age spots. Like I've done laser. I've done some things where I am happy with my skin. But the pore thing just comes out of left field. (laughs) Listen, I am right there with you in the poor angst and truly this stuff, poor professional, it's amazing. It's amazing. If you just want to try a little sample size, it's $12 and it's really little yes. and you can just give it a go. And then if you were to buy the full size one, it's $31, which is kind of a lot for a prep product, if you will. But because you use so little of it, it really does last a long time. 
It really does. I was going to say, I've only picked up the little trial sizes like at Ulta. It lasts a long time. I don't, I guess I just don't use that much, but you really don't have to. No, you don't have to. I was hoping when you said beauty product that you were going to talk to us about your amazing eyelash situation that I can't stop looking at them, especially like if I see you on Instagram stories, I'm like distracted by what you're saying because I'm just focusing on the eyelash situation. That's because they're large and phony. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I was going to ask because they don't look fake. They actually look real, but also I've known you for a long time and I'm like, but I don't think those are her lashes, but they look really good is what I'm saying. No, they're eyelash extensions. They look really good. So they're not like strip fake eyelashes, which I look, I'm not above that. I've tried to do that. I've had that done when I like get my makeup done for an event or something. I've had them put strip or individual fake eyelashes on me just with glue And I always love it. I have never, never, never been able to do it myself. And I've tried many times. So finally, I just got the eyelash extensions. You know, I'm new to them. I only got my first go in September before my 20th high school reunion. I really wanted some (laughs) fa-fa-foo. Yes, good. Good. Because you really want the people who haven't seen you in two decades to be like, you look so different. Especially in the eye area. I I really wanted the people who knew me when I was a child to be like, are those new? What's happening? (laughs) So anyway, but I got them before my 20th high school reunion in September. And they're really popular out here. I think they're popular everywhere, right? Are they? I don't know. Anyway, everyone has them out here. A lot of people do. But I've just not gotten on the bandwagon. A, because I have decent natural eyelashes. I mean, they're not amazing, but they're not, you know, skimpy like some people. So I haven't necessarily needed them, but also they're A, expensive, and B, the upkeep is insane. You have to go back every two weeks like nails. Oh, geez. That's a commitment. And it's like an hour plus. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a serious commitment. Well, listen, they look great. I mean, I don't know how long you'll keep them on. They look fantastic, but that's a lot of work for lashes. It's a lot of work. I'm going to keep doing it until I can't do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to keep doing it because if I have the time, I'm going to go. But like, if it gets to be too much, this is a thing that will fall by the wayside. I'll tell you that right now. But they do look nice. Thank you for saying so. And people are calling me out left and right on the Instagram about them. So. (laughs) In all in good ways, I hope. (laughs) Because they do look amazing. Yes. Okay, well, my awesome of the week is a genre that I haven't done on the show in a long time, and that is music. It's an album by Imagine Dragons, their Evolve album, mm. which, Laura, I know you're not really super into music, so I don't know. <laughs> you're like, oh, good. <laughs> well, I'm not into music, but I do know they are very popular. Is it a new album or is it an old one? It's new. It came out this year. It came out in June, actually. This past June is when it came out. Again, the album is called Evolve. This is their third album. I love Imagine Dragons. I really love Dan Reynolds, the lead singer. I really love his voice. And I feel like Imagine Dragons is a fantastic hybrid of pop and rock music. So they have all the guitars and drums and bass of like a rock band. But the melodies are a lot more like conventional pop approach to music. In fact, one of my favorite recordings from Imagine Dragons is just a one-off that they did for Spotify. It's a cover of Taylor Swift's song, Blank Space. Mm. So they took that song, they mashed it up with Stand By Me, 
And at the beginning of that recording, Dan Reynolds, again, the lead singer, talks about how much he really admires the melody writing in that song. And like the live audience, because it's one of those Spotify sessions with a live audience, the audience kind of starts laughing and he's like, no, I'm serious. It's really good melody writing. So anyway, Evolve is their newest album, came out this past summer. Several singles have been released already. Believer came out last spring and got a lot of playtime over the summer. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. I am super loving the one called Thunder, the new single. It actually came out hmm, over the summer too, maybe, I think. But it's really started to get a lot of playtime around here. Also, a lot of personal like playtime in my minivan because I keep playing it over and over. And the girls are maybe a little sick of it because of that also... Laura, it's one of those that you cannot resist dancing along to when it comes on and my girls are not fans. <laughs> You're just dancing in your minivan like the mom you are. I am. I am living my best life. <laughs> Listening to Thunder on repeat, my girls are not impressed. Anyway, it's so much fun. And if you just, even if you don't like Imagine Dragons or whatever, if you just need a little pick-me-up song that I promise will get you geared up and ready to take on the day, whether you are out in your minivan or whatever you've got going on. It's such a great song. Also, the video is so fun. It's really weird and funky and black and white and there's aliens and it's very fantastic. So anyway, Imagine Dragons, Evolve album, especially the single Thunder, Awesome of the Week, had to mention it. And again, it's been a long time since we've talked about music on the show. You know, I'm not really that into music, which I've said over and over again. And then as soon as I say it, I remember like a piece of music that has really been transformative. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Yes. But the thing that has been taking over our whole entire life and ears and kitchen and everything is, I'm so late on this bandwagon, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but is (laughs) Hamilton. (laughs) Welcome to the party. Almost two years later. I know, you know, it's not that I wasn't interested in it. I like musicals and I really love like cultural phenomenon, which this obviously was, but I was stuck to my guns that I wanted to see it first. I did not want to uh, listen to it first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, a lot of people that I know have felt that way about it for sure. And so I've been to New York a few times, but the tickets are like $1,300 a piece or some kind of crazy thing that I was not willing to shell out. But now it has come to Los Angeles for six months. And so I went with Jamie Golden, mm-hmm. friend of the show, host of the podcast. She was in town visiting and we went to go see Hamilton and I was just mesmerized, like everyone says that you're going to be. It lived up to every ounce of hype that is out mm-hmm. there about it. And then I came home and started listening to it at home, even though my instinct was that it was not appropriate around my children, because in some ways it's not. Mm-hmm. They loved it. My children, yes. who are tiny, they're six and eight. Yes, yes. yes. They loved it. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, this is even better than I thought in terms of like it sparked all these conversations about like war and America and history and who writes history and betrayal and love. And there's some adult themes, but I found that it's okay to make them appropriate. Like I haven't ventured too far into like weird territory with my kids is bringing up some really interesting conversations. I'm like a Google master now about what I should be learning about this time that I never did learn. Yes. (laughs) And then we took the kids over the weekend. That should have been my awesome of the week, but it's just not as compelling. It's not as universally compelling as poor minimizer, but (laughs) 
<laughs> Over the weekend, we took our kids to see it. And it was, even though they're little, I think it's going to be one of those things they will remember forever. Definitely. Yes. Like, it's just amazing. And I'm not saying that here to tell everybody, like, I'm late. <laughs> I'm saying it because I think a lot of people, like, just really haven't given into it yet. And I want to be like, please, give in. Just let yourself you. give in to the Hamilton situation. It is mind-blowing. Oh my gosh. Now we have so much to talk about. We'll have to do this in a side conversation off air, but I need to know all of the things. So we have many conversations. I'm so happy that you're here in the Hamilton love. I've been waiting a long time for this day. I mean, I'm here. We're here in the room where it happens. <laughs> Perfect. Good, good. Well, don't forget that these were our Awesomes of the Week, but you, Awesomes, get to share your Awesome of the Week every single Friday over in our Hangout group on Facebook. Just search Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook and you'll find us there. And we can't wait to hear what is awesome in your life this week. Awesomes, I've confessed a lot of things about myself on this show, but I don't think I've ever told you that more than once I've done school drop-off with my tummy growling for all to hear. That's a huge reason why I'm so excited that support for this episode of Sorta Awesome is brought to you by Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest sends nutrient-rich superfoods straight to your door, and they make it crazy easy to prepare smoothies or activated breakfast bowls in just 30 seconds. Each cup, like my favorite, the cold brew and almond energizer smoothie, comes ready to blend or heat. What I super love about Daily Harvest is that they freeze their ingredients at peak freshness, which seals in their nutritional value. Their produce is organic and unrefined, and it is definitely not what you are getting at your local grocery store. To see for yourself why everyone is loving Daily Harvest, go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code AWESOME to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code AWESOME for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. All right, like I said at the top of the show, this is a week where I'm just going to sit at the feet of the master and learn from your ways, Laura. Truly, as long as I've known you as we've been in this digital world, we just talked about digital decisions last week on the show, like all of the decisions you have to make about stuff like this, photos and privacy and those types of things and all the, you know, calendaring, scheduling we had thought maybe we should talk about digital photos too. And when we as a team started talking about that, we realized like, oh, no, this is actually a whole episode by itself. <laughs> because there's so many ways to do it Ugh. or to think about it. Or I mean, there's like a million resources of how to deal with your photos. There's also, in my case, so many ways to not do it and just be a complete mess. <laughs> I almost spit up my water. <laughs> But truly, you know, digital photos, since that came into our lives, even before, you know, iPhones and phone cameras were a thing, once we started doing digital photography with our digital DSLRs and all of those things, I just have a big mess of photos that are in no way, shape or form organized. And probably about 75% of them are actually backed up somewhere besides a computer hard drive. But I've got a big chunk that aren't that are just on an old hard drive. Mm. I mean, it's just all a mess. And here's this thing. Here's why I wanted to do this show this time of year. Because, Laura, every single year, my wonderful, amazing mother-in-law, who is so supportive and so just loves our family so well, the only thing that she wants for Christmas gifts, because she is a woman who really, I mean, if she wants something, she can just go and get it. But what she really loves are photo gifts. She loves a photo book 
She loves photo calendars, even though we see her all the time. She loves photo calendars. Anything with photos of primarily the kids. She doesn't really care if Kyle and I are in the pictures, but if I could get the grandkids into some kind of photo gift for her, then she's as happy as a clam with Christmas gifts. So every year around this time, I start to cull through and think about, okay, what kind of photo gift can I do this year? And every single year, it's like borderline panic as I realize I have all these pictures from the year and they're a big mess. They're not organized. And I just, it's total stress out. So here we go. Uh, So I got it. The very first thing I want to talk about applies to you directly. Okay. So a huge obstacle that everybody has when they're trying to organize their photo situation is just like the sheer quantity. We take so many photos. It's absurd. I actually was looking back on some photo album things that I have, like digital photo albums I have from like 2012. And it was from an event like Christmas or something. And there was only like... 20 photos total. And I was like, wait, this is amazing. (laughs) Because in 2016, Christmas album has like 432 photos. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Yes. So many. Just the sheer quantity. You're right. The sheer quantity is complete overwhelm and it's paralyzing really. So my mantra, this is actually a mantra for my whole life. I've written about this for years and years, but especially applies here is start where you are. Okay. Yes. Good. You literally cannot be like, I'm going to go back and organize all my photos from 2002. Like, you cannot. (laughs) Wait, how'd you know that that's kind of what trips me up every single year? (laughs) In the past, photos just keep getting further and further in the past. And I still think 2005, I've at least got to go to 2005 when Daisy was born. I know. I think people feel like that. Like, they have to start at the beginning of their digital photo life. Or when their child was born or whatever. No, you do not have to do that. That is too much. I mean, maybe if you find time in your schedule or your life as you get some systems in place, you can go backwards and do that. But don't start there because then you're never going to catch up to here we are, you know. So for me and for everyone, I think it would be good to just put some, like starting today, put some systems in place for yourself. Like just make a few rules. Okay. A big rule that I've latched on to sort of at the beginning of the year, even though my brain was already going this way, I really latched on to Becky Higgins' daily delete rule. Do you know Becky Higgins? I feel like she's in the scrapbooking world. Yeah, she's like a big scrapbook guru and she created Project Life, which is something we may talk about later today. I follow her on Instagram and on Facebook And she's Becky Higgins, LLC, if you want to go follow her there. In both of those places, she gives lots of tips or whatever. One of the things that she talks about is just what we're saying now. There's way too many photos. There's just like too many photos. You do not need 10 shots of the same like pumpkin patch kid situation. You don't. You really need one good shot of that. And so she really encourages something I've taken on, which is called the daily delete. So if you're laying in bed at night scrolling, everybody does this. Don't say you don't do this. (laughs) instead of scrolling social media take five minutes for most days like if you're doing one day at a time you don't need much more than that to just go through and delete everything on your phone that is stupid or blurry or is a repeat of the exact shot before it you don't need those put in place a daily delete rule if you can't do it daily for whatever reason then you know try to do it weekly try to do it very very regularly do not get yourself behind So that when you scroll through a camera roll, it's really just the best stuff on there. 
Oh, that's so good. That alone feels like that would alleviate a huge amount of stress. Because there would be maybe a little moment of stress, like, oh, is this picture going down the slide better than this picture going down the slide? But at least it's like a little, like, okay, this is actually, objectively, this is better. Delete it. Move on. So that at the end of the year, I'm not like, I have 35 pictures of going down the slide. Which do I put in the photo book? And then you're going to look at 30 and you're like, I'm not doing any of these. Just click out and go scroll Facebook. I'm not doing any of this. It's so true. So don't do that. So that's a rule. And everybody can kind of make up their own rules that will help them, but that's a big rule for me, daily delete. A second rule is, if you're on an iPhone, to just favorite the very best ones. Click the little heart. That makes it a favorite. iPhone automatically saves it to a favorites folder. And you might only have like one favorite a week, right? You're not talking, don't favorite every cute slide photo because that is just Mm -hmm. not that unique. Favorite, real Mm -hmm. favorites. Like like the type of favorite that maybe would be your phone screensaver, that type of thing. If you do that, kind of regularly, Megan, when you get to Christmas time and you've only favorited, I don't know, 20 or 30 photos in the year, you got your book right there. It would be done. Laura, I, this is genius. I never even used the favorite feature. (laughs) Literally never. Why not? I don't know. It feels like a lot of pressure. (laughs) No one is giving prizes or keeping score. I have some problems <laughs> clearly that's we'll discuss all that later okay favorite feature never used it totally what you just said was a complete revelation i could be done with the photo book in like 30 minutes if i have everything done like start to finish you could be done you could make my mother-in-law used to love like calendars that she would hang in her kitchen so if you just pick the best 12 picking 12 out of 20 is way easier than like picking 12 photos out of 3,000 or however many we take a year. Just too much. Yeah. So those are two of my examples of like put some rules in place for yourself. And depending on where you are in the mess of this is going to, everyone's rules are going to be different. But I feel like if you just have a few rules like that of sitting down once a month, once a week, once a day, whatever, and doing some quick things, it is so helpful. Okay, so if you are in a real messy situation, again, I'm talking to you here, Megan, there's really only two things that you need to absolutely do sort of right away to alleviate like 50% of the stress or more. Okay. And that is loosely organized, and I mean loosely, like by year, like all of 2005 and one or whatever, Mm -hmm. and backup. Yes. Now, I will say, I do have this. Since I started using Amazon Prime Photos, I know it's not like the most sexy or glamorous photo storage, but it's free with my Prime membership. And I put the app on my phone and it just does it automatically. It takes them like literally every day and puts them in the Amazon cloud. Okay, that is one of the best things. I use a few different options to back up. I'll talk about a couple of different ones. I do use, I'm on an iPhone, the Apple iCloud option. I do not rely on it. That is solely just out of convenience and because Apple offers it. I highly, highly, highly stress that people should find another option that should not be their sole backup option for a couple of reasons. One is an online backup option is protecting you from a couple of things, but namely, If you have an iPhone and you're backing up only to iCloud, if Apple, the company, is the thing that goes down, you've lost it all. So you want Mm. a 
third-party company that's not related, you know? Yes, I do know. Mm -hmm. Most of these that we're going to talk about, do it automatically. So once you get it set up, you don't need to like stress about manually doing it. Amazon, as you mentioned, is really great. Dropbox is very easy. I don't love Dropbox because I do not like the way they display. I feel like it's hard to sort through. But a lot of people are already using Dropbox and, you know, already have that app on their phone or whatever. And it is automatic. So it's fine. One that people really love, I feel like is the most user loved one, is Google Photos. So most people have Google in some way. And this is, you know free to a certain extent with your Gmail account or whatever that you have. Also, it will do it automatically. One of the reasons that people really like Google Photos, and this is comes back to the second point of loosely organized, is that it has great organizational tools within it. So if all you do is back them up, then you can sort them by year automatically. You're not having to like go through and manually like make the cutoff of when this year ended or when this event ended. You you can sort a couple of different ways on Google Photos. And I think people really, really like that because again, the two main things, if you're a real disaster, are loosely organized so that you can find if you go back to look for something, if you know what year it's in or whatever, and then back up. So Google Photos provides that. Another one that when I was researching for this episode and I was sort of you know, doing some Googling and looking at different tech sites and whatever and what different people recommend. A lot of the techier sites highly, highly, highly recommend Flickr, which gives you one terabyte free. I used to use Flickr and I will say there are some huge benefits to it. I think that it displays your photos really well. You can organize them really well. If you want to upload them all and then sort by year to usually organize and then you want to Do a little bit more advanced organizing, which is what I recommend. Within the year, you do not need to micro-organize your photos. You do not need to organize by month or by child or whatever, unless you are doing a specific project. Instead, I think that you should just organize in a way that makes sense to your family. So for me, we separate the holidays (laughs) is one big folder. Mm -hmm. The lake, because we spend two months at the lake each summer. So it's basically our summer, the holidays, like winter and spring. Like I don't Mm -hmm. get down into the micromanaging of organizing. And I don't think that you need to. And then in the fall, we have a big birthday. You know, I organize like our birthday weeks and some loose things like that, because that's what matters to my family. But like, do not like feel like I have to really micromanage this whole organizational system. You don't. Why do you need to? You're probably going to do a photo book that spans many months or whatever you're going to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. I do. I do. And I think that's one of the things that has overwhelmed me because I have seen where there's an option, like to organize them out by kid. Well, I mean, I have four kids and some software do like a little facial recognition, which iPhoto or whatever Mac calls it. I don't even know if it's called iPhoto anymore. I cannot deal with that program, but that does have the facial recognition thing, which is great, except that I have identical twins and it's always like just guessing. Is this John Kyle or is this Mac? I don't know. Then I'm like, I don't know which one. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I have always felt like, okay, if that is a feature, then that must be something that people who organize their photos do. And then I just get, again, overwhelmed, not going to do it. And so then, yeah. I do not have any photo books that are my sole kid, except like on their birth. 
Okay. I feel so much permission from you right now to just be like, just do the big chunks of the year. There's like four chunks in a year. Do those. Right. Do those. Do the seasons or again, like whatever makes sense for you. I will say that of the popular backup options that I just named that maybe newbies want to seek out, they are not what I use. <laughs> oh. Ooh. I use a program called Smug Mug. Mm, it's an mm-hmm. app. I started using it years ago. This is very particular to Laura, but I am going to mention it because I had a security snafu when my daughter was born. You actually might remember this because I, I totally remember called you crying and screaming like a psychotic person trying to get yeah. you to like log in because I wasn't near a computer and I was like, I need you to log in and fix this right now. You were still in the hospital. Yeah, it was. Remember? It was that. <laughs> So yeah. the breach was not the program I was using's fault. It was my security settings and a fan of my husband's who decided to share some birth pictures from my child's birth, what I did not intend to be public. And so I had an absolute complete meltdown freak out. But this was eight years ago. And at the time, I was just researching, like, what is the most secure way to house your photos? And SmugMug is used by a lot of professional photographers who obviously have their photos on lockdown for, you know, download purposes, copyright purposes, whatever. I really, really like it. And I'm telling everybody that it is a beautiful app on my computer and it's on my phone. And I really love using it. It's more expensive than these. It's like $99 a year, but it is highly secure. So if that's a thing for you, then use SmugMug. That's what I use. I also think that people should back up to a hard drive. I'm not one of those people that thinks the whole internet is going to be taken down, but that is a thing to think about. If all of the world's internet went down for some reason, you might want to have a local storage just right there in your home with a hard drive, which is easy to and cheap to do and buy. Yes, I know I should back up to a hard drive. And I have a lot of pictures that are in a hard drive. I've gotten lazy about it in the past couple of years and mostly have done cloud storage. But yeah, it's probably not a terrible idea. Okay, so now that you have loosely organized and backed up, what do you do with all those photos? Right? Yes, besides make photo books for your mother-in-law every single Christmas. <laughs> okay, I am a big fan of photo books, so let's talk about that first. There's a few automated kinds. I think all of us on the Sorta Awesome team are fans of chat books which pulls from your Instagram account and it, it's just automated. You do nothing. You pay like $6, is it $6 a month or some $8 a month? Something very, not even a month, like it's per book. So when right. you fill the book, 60 photos, it sends it to you and they have several different ways you can do it. You can just do it straight. Your Instagram account, each time it posts a picture, it slurps it into the program. And when you get to 60, it automatically sends you that little cute little soft cover square Instagram book. Or if you just wanted to do a certain little book about a certain thing, it will pull from a hashtag. So if you hashtagged it, you know, Teet's family, and it was only your family photos or something like that, and not mixed up with anything else you post, then it would only do those that use that hashtag. So helpful. Yes. So helpful. I also know a couple people who have started separate Instagram accounts for their chat books for just one thing, like for their dog, for example. I'm not saying I've done that. (laughs) Not that you'd know anything about that. (laughs) But if you wanted to do something like that, you could. Chat books is very easy, very affordable, very convenient. But lots of the other sort of popular photo book sites will arrange the pictures for you. Again, if you have them in a loose organizational system and you upload all of 
Christmas 2016. And then you tell Shutterfly, for example, because they will do this, organize them for me. Then they will put it in a cute little layout. I think you get to choose the layout. Like if you want family theme, modern theme, whatever you want. And they will do the whole thing for you. And mm-hmm. then you can go back and tweak. Like if they selected a really large picture and you're like, I don't want that to be the large picture on this page. You can, you know, sort of make some tweaks. But if you really do not need to do like all 20 pages, because that's going to take you five hours to make all the decisions or whatever, then you can have the service do it for you. A lot of them will do it for you. Even Apple Photos will do it for you. I have done that to medium success. I care a lot about my photo books, but I've actually been surprised that it's pretty good at choosing like, which is the best picture to make as the large picture and Mm. then like the smaller pictures, you know, in the layout. Yes. I found they're actually pretty decent at it. Yes, I've used Shutterfly and have done that same thing. I've used Shutterfly for, my goodness, probably going back to when Daisy was a baby. So a long time. I've always been very happy, both with the end product, but also maybe it's just because I'm used to it from so many years of using it. But their user interface is very intuitive, I feel like, once you kind of get used to the system. so I think it is too. I wanted to talk about Shutterfly because I'm new to them. I feel like I tried them years ago, maybe when my daughter was a baby, and it wasn't to my taste at all. For many years, I used only Apple photo books because you cannot beat their quality. And at the time, my aesthetic was I really just wanted the cleanest layout, like just photos, no text, that kind of thing. When I remember going to Shutterfly and being like, this is too cutesy for me. Mm, is, right, right. Is what it felt like for me is kind of how their layouts used to be or their colorways or whatever. I used Shutterfly now for two years in a row. I did the yearbook for my kids' preschool. And I use Shutterfly because they have the option of, the way I did it is I just sent a link to the parents and you can purchase it or not, right? They have like the sharing ability. And that's why I use Shutterfly. Well, I have been really impressed with A, their interface, like you said, and B, their options. They offer lots of styles. So you can have the clean modern style or you can go cutesy or scrapbook if that's what you're into. And I love the being able to share it. Other people can buy it if they want. And then the end product is way better than I remembered yeah it's really pretty great I'm a big fan honestly yeah I'm a Shutterfly fan too I was googling for this episode and I came across a company that kept being recommended everywhere that maybe everybody knows and I didn't it got really high marks with lots of sites and bloggers and stuff was Mixbook do you know Mixbook no I've never heard of them at all me neither but it's worth mentioning because it kept popping up and I went and you know looked on the site for myself I was going to try and have a book made before today but I didn't get it done but I do think I'm actually going to do my next one with mixed book and so then I'll post on social media how that turned out awesome love it okay so photo books are the gimme but there's lots of other things that you can do with your photos one of them is that I'm a big fan of is making gallery walls for your home mm-hmm yes yeah there's a few ways that I like to do that that are easy. I use MPIX, M-P-I-X. That's where, if I'm going to print a photo, also a lot of professional photographers use it. The color, it's like really good quality. It comes in two days. It's a little pricier than if you were to get it printed at, say, Costco or something, but it looks a million jillion times better. So it's worth the extra few dollars. I've also used their service to print on metal. Have you seen the metal prints that are popular? I've I've seen them and it is such a cool look. It's a really good look. We did a gallery wall at our lake house of everybody like skiing or tubing or whatever, kind of behind the boat stuff, which happened to look really good on the metal. And I love the quality and it comes like ready to hang. It has a Mm. little thing in the back. So it's a modern look. Really, really nice. 
Also, if you're going to get canvas, I just got a big canvas for my little boy's room. I like to use canvas on demand. Okay, good. Yeah. There's a ton of canvas sites, but I like canvas on demand because they have a lot of good discounts. <laughs> They're always having like 50% off or whatever, which is completely worth it to me. Nice. So yeah. that's what I use. And then another thing that we have talked about on the show, we talked about it because I sent you one of these, mm-hmm. is called FrameBridge, which yeah. is an online framing company that if you upload your digital photo and then you get to choose a frame, they have quite a few frames you can choose from just plain white to like gilded gold, and it will frame it like professionally with the backing and the hanger and everything. And then they will send it to you. They will send it to you or they will send it as a gift. It's such a good gift. It's such a good gift. I can say for being on the receiving end of having a print sent to me that they had done the whole, again, just the experience of opening it. It's packaged extremely well, which you would want, you would obviously want and wonder how that's going to turn out if you are having it shipped to somebody as a gift. But the whole experience, like there's like a personal note from the person who packed it and just, I mean, the whole thing is a really great experience on the gift receiving end. And it's beautiful, beautifully done. So I highly recommend Framebridge too. So that's perfect for the grandparents or whatever, like you were saying, for gifts, a photo gift. But also, like the one I sent to you, it was like a joke almost. Like I picked a, I mean, not almost, like definitely. Totally. I picked a funny photo that I knew you would think was hilarious because it was hilarious. (laughs) Should be noted here that the two other sort of awesome team members did not get it and did not think it was funny. But you and I... I'm still even just like thinking about it right now. I just want to laugh hysterically again. So I want you to put a picture of it. I totally will. I totally will. Yeah. Anyway, I think that sometimes people forget that as a gift idea. It doesn't have to be like a family photo on the beach. No, right. (laughs) You can send like silly things that are professionally framed. You know, they're little. They're not like, I mean, you can get little. You can get up to huge ones, of course. But like for a gift, you can get like a smaller one and it's reasonably priced and it's like so nice to get something in the mail that's like framed in a private joke maybe yes (laughs) yes totally totally it is it is you can totally have a lot of fun with that whether you're doing a traditional family portrait or something that's just for fun so these are amazing ideas and it really has my wheels turning because again i have just family members even my parents love photo stuff anything with the grandkids my family members love But I also, okay, here's another aspect of digital photo stuff that I'm like intrigued by. But every time I tiptoe into it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can keep up with this. And that is like beyond just taking photos and printing them out, like really cool stuff that you could do almost like scrapbooking wise, like digital scrapbooking, even if it's not necessarily what would you know, kind of classifies conventional scrapbooking. But I have a really good friend who lives here in Oklahoma right now. She's Canadian. Her name's Jen. And like her whole Instagram account is showing all of these spreads that she does for all of the trips that they take and cool stuff with her kids. And it's all in this sort of digital scrapbooking stuff. And I just love what she puts together. But then again, I also do kind of go like, oh my gosh, I might get a little overwhelmed. That's Do you know what she's using? I don't. I don't. I feel like it might be Project Life, but I could be wrong. Project Life is a really popular one. I have not used the digital version of Project Life, although you can. She has an app, so you can just use the photos on your phone to make scrapbook layouts. And then you can either print them into a book like that, 
or you can just print like the pages if you're doing the more traditional project life which is not digital it's like you buy the big binder thing Mm -hmm. and then you buy the pages this is what I like about project life and this was started by Becky Higgins who I talked about earlier and if you go onto her site there's tons of like tutorials and examples and blah 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 at first again I thought this wasn't for me because some of her original stuff or some of the project life designs were very in the vein of popular scrapbooking sort of cutesy like very Mm -hmm. colorful and whatever and I didn't think I wanted that but then I saw some examples of how you can use it in a way that's simpler Mm -hmm. or with like one color palette or kind of thing and I do love it because I'm the type of person like I'm a memory keeper person like I keep ticket stubs and I keep like little things like I keep all the things that aren't just photos and I just do not know what to do with them I actually do organize them I have them in file folders because I like the getting things done method which that's a spinoff show really but if anyone wants to read getting things done the GTD method hashtag GTD (laughs) then he uses a file folder system which I use for my memory keeping and so I always had this stuff organized but I was like I don't know what to do with it (laughs) I just have it in this (laughs) big file folder of like random crap. So with Project Life, she has these sheets that go into like scrapbook binders and you can just arrange them. And she has little cards that fit. It's hard to explain in audio. You really sort of have to see it. But it is a way to document your life that's not digital. Or it can be worked in conjunction with digital because you can use these photo layouts on your phone. But then you can also like have a page that is 3D things. Okay, very cool. I like that. I do. I really do like it. And it's very simple. Like her whole mantra, her whole thing is like, it doesn't, you don't have to like have a washi tape and cute lettering and stamps. And I mean, you can if that's what you're into. But I think that's what stops people from keeping their memories in this way is because they're like, I can't do, I can't do like, mm-hmm. yes, stamps. <laughs> yep. so she has the things that you can just buy and like slip the tickets down into and then write a little note and be like these are the tickets to Hamilton you know what I mean which perfect yes that's it it's like super super simple yeah another thing that I've been looking at online and haven't tried yet I really should try it is there's a couple of different sites that will scan your kids artwork and make them into coffee table books Yes, I have seen these too, and I always think, oh, that would be so cool, and then I never take action on it, but oh my gosh, for the prolific amount of kids' artwork that I think we all deal with, what a great idea. It's such a good idea. The two that kept popping up are Plum Print and Archive. Okay. So our A-R-T-K-I-V-E and Plum Print is how it's said, and it's not just Look, I have no guilt about like tossing daily rando artwork. That's not my thing. But my kids do make some better stuff that I do want to keep. But like, what do you even do with it? Right? It's too much. much. Both of these companies send you a big box. Like they send you a self-addressed box. You throw all the artwork into it. You throw the actual 3D artwork into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then you send it to them. And you know, it has like the puffy snowman on it or whatever it has and they either I don't know if they photograph it or scan it or whatever it calls for yeah 
And then they make it into like a really high quality coffee table book of your kids' artwork. Oh, that's so fun. When you have little kids and you're just drowning in the art projects and you do, you feel terrible throwing it away. But ugh, I don't even think as a grown adult that you would want for your mom to hand you like, here's three cardboard boxes on your artwork for when you were a kid. You'd be like, what? What am I going to do with this? No. So we feel bad about hanging on to it, but like, what do you do with it? So you would, yeah, this sounds like a fantastic solution for your own self or definitely as a gift for a family or whatever. And you know what? I was looking at the examples online and I've had a couple of friends who've done this. So I've seen them in real life too, but I was looking at the examples online to see exactly how it worked, you know, whatever. And the book examples that they have, I was looking at them and I was like, this is actually cooler than that art was in person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the actual photo of this thing yes, yes. makes it look cooler than it was when I was holding this popsicle stick reindeer. Right? It probably looks like real art. Right. So your, <laughs> your kid kind of feels like a rock star when you get that thing back in yeah. the mail. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so fun. So clever. How lucky we are to be alive right now. <laughs> But truly, I mean, this actually has been very inspiring. I was a little stressed because I was like, oh, gosh, I got to confront my messy problem here. But this has been very inspiring to be reminded that there's really a ton of cool stuff to do with all of the artwork and all of the photos that we just have access to so much in our lives right now. There's some really neat stuff. There is. And can I say something else that I've discovered about myself is while I have stayed over the years really organized with my photos, I like that. That's like soothing to my... Janus personality. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy like organizing them once a month or every few months I really sit down and, and I do sort of not micro organize, but I organize more than the loose methods I explained above and it like brings me comfort. But I haven't stayed on top of like making the actual photo books and whatnot. So I'm going back in my free time. Again, this is fun for me. So this is not stressful and doing some of those old photo books that I wanted to get to and stuff like that. And An amazing thing about being behind on your photos is that when you go back and look at the year in review or you look at the 30 pictures of your kid on the blanket, you are way less attached to them. And it is way easier to clearly see the best picture of those 30 shots. That's so smart. That's a great insight. When you have some distance between yourself and that event or that season of life or whatever, it is actually easier and faster for Mm. me to make photo books of those times than it is to make one from last year. Mm. Truly. Because I'm so attached to what I remember about that day or what I remember about what she was saying as I took the picture or whatever. I have all these things attached to it. When you put years in between it, you're just like, oh, this is the best picture of that kid. (laughs) and then that's it if there's less emotional attachment to it so there is and I'm not just saying that to hype people up I'm saying this like actually truly there is a benefit to putting some distance between yourself and making these things I looked at a photo book that I made like a year in review photo book and it had like a majillion pictures Megan I did one of those like layouts where there was like 15 pictures in the layout you know of one layout like crazy yeah now when I go back I'm like oh no it's like uh the photo books can breathe a little bit (laughs) (laughs) It's very Marie Kondo in here. There's only one or two photos on each page, and it's just like still a beautiful representation of what that season looked like. Right. 
Oh, good. That's very affirming. I feel so empowered now. Do you really? I really do. I'm not even being sarcastic about that. I do feel like, okay, the pressure's off. I don't know why I put all this pressure on myself. It's Again, it's a problem. But I do feel like, okay, this makes sense. And I feel like not only do I feel encouraged to go back and revisit some of this stuff, but it's not that hard to make this more manageable, I guess, is what I'm feeling right now. So No, it's not. I've made it harder in my mind than it has to be, for sure. So... Okay, well, really quickly before we wrap up, Laura, I have to tell you, this is the truth in all sincerity. One of the best things that I do for our digital memory keeping every year is participate in One Day HH. It is the one day from sunrise, sometimes before sunrise, to the end of the day where I have a beautiful picture of a day in the life of our family. I love One Day HH. And to this day, when I go back through our pictures from that day I'm always like oh my gosh I remember when the babies were babies and you know just like all of that stuff I love one day HH and I'm so glad you've kept doing it through the years here we are it's fall I feel like it should be coming up anytime soon well it is exactly coming up it is next week actually it's going to be on Thursday November 9th okay I've been hosting this one day HH The HH stands for Hollywood Housewife, which was the name of my former blog, but the name has stuck, so we're keeping it. I've been hosting this on Instagram for years. It is just what Megan described. It is like a day in the life. And when I choose one day in the fall, I try to choose a day that's not too close to any holiday, just like what a normal middle of the week every day looks like for you. And you start documenting from like the second you get up in the morning. I try to post one or two pictures an hour. So it's a lot of posting on this day, but a lot of people, literally thousands of people participate in it at this point. And it is so fun to follow along with everyone else's days. Like you don't know, even like sometimes you don't even know what your best friend's day looks like, you know, let alone people that maybe you followed and you're like sort of curious what their true day in the life looks like. It's such a good document for your family, like you said, to be like, oh, remember when we were in that season? (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, wow, our day looks really different this year. You know, that kind of thing. So it'll be Thursday, November 9th. I'll give some warnings on social media so everyone can be ready for it. I would love it, love it, love it if the awesomes would participate. It's literally as simple as that. You just document your day all day. You use the hashtag. In order to have your photos show up in the hashtag, you do have to have a public profile. Some people, you know, make their profile public just for that one day and then set it back to private if they want to. But we all follow along and we kind of cheer each other on and see what the days look like. And it's really community building. And listen, right now, (laughs) we need some community happening in our online circles, I feel like. We need some reminders of how alike we really are in our lives. Yeah, that's right. Everyone eats lunch. Everybody takes a shower. Don't take a picture of yourself in the shower. Please don't post that. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone, like even the most glamorous person you know, does something surprising in their day. And then the most housewifey person you know, she does something surprising in her day. I bet. It's Mm -hmm. really, really fun. I hope people join in. 
I love it. So remind us if we do want to check out where you are on Instagram so we can follow you and get geared up for One Day HH and just find you all around the web to talk about all this stuff. Remind us where we can find you. On Instagram in particularly, which is where this goes down, I am Laura.Tremaine. On Twitter, I'm Laura Tremaine, but you can find all of my channels, including our other podcast, Smartest Person in the Room. You can find all of that by going to lauratremaine.com. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us on Facebook at any time at Facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.